Welcome in to this Saturday morning, Saturday edition, LA Gridiron Weekly. Good morning, Los Angeles, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Thanks to my guy, Dr. Clapper, uh, outstanding show right before me. And I know a lot of people wanted to get on with Dr. Clapper, but guess what? We switch, we switch right over into football talk, football talk that... Uh, we didn't have last week due to the Lakers uh, had a early morning game against the Indiana Pacers. And so L.A. Gridiron Weekly had to take a little time off. But we are back today and we have so much to get caught up with. We still got to talk about the NFL schedule that was released a couple weeks ago. We got to talk about a sneaky game. Yes, a sneaky game on the NFL schedule for the Rams and also for the Chargers. I got two games that... For those uh, Charger fans, those Rams fans, I cannot wait for you to hear what I think is the sneaky good game um, of the season for both those squads. Also, a big signing this week in the National Football League, which we will get to very shortly. But again, this is LA Gridiron Weekly. This is a show for not just you and I, but us. This is a family here where we talk about football news all across the NFL, college football, even get a chance to get into some high school football again as well. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776 is the phone number. Our hashtag on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison is the Twitter handle, the hashtag L-A-G-W. So, so much to get into. Let me read off the, the guest list that we got today. Wow, I cannot wait. Outstanding guest list. Uh, Charlotte Carey. She is the director of broadcasting in, a, in the NFL. She will uh, give us the lowdown on how this schedule was done, how this schedule is made, all the quirks that kind of go into it, because uh, there's a lot of L.A. flavor in this year's 2021 NFL schedule. So I cannot wait to get caught up with Charlotte. 10 a.m., Rashawn Slater, Chargers first-round pick uh, from Northwestern. I can't wait to talk to Rashawn. Got a couple questions from Rashawn. Definitely will get some uh, interaction from the fan base out here in Los Angeles. Rashawn Slater, first-round pick of the Chargers. He's coming up about 10 o'clock. And then Cameron De Silva, he's the managing editor of the Rams Wire He's going to come on at 1030. We're going to talk a little bit of Rams, talk about Matthew Stafford, and also um, just a little bit about, I think, again, a sneaky good game that I can't wait for to get your reaction to. So without further ado, how we always start this show on L.A. Gridiron Weekly. Let's stand up. Everybody get ready. Get your ears ready. It's time for the opening kickoff. This is L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. And with the flash of the cameras going on. Oh, it's time for the opening kickoff. Ah, opening kickoff, as always, as we get set for an amazing show. But to start the show, I want to get into a lot of the schedule, and I'll save a little bit for that because we got some comments from some guys who are really trust in the business. We'll hear from Keyshawn Johnson in a little bit to talk about the NFL schedule, and, and, and I'll give you also the Kirk Morrison schedule in terms of what I look for. When the NFL schedule is released, my team schedule is released. We know all the teams that you're going to play already. The NFL schedule is—it's already, you know, the teams. You just don't know the dates. Was it a Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night? You find all of that out. But we'll get to more of that in a second. The big news of the NFL this week 
and I want to get your take on it. I don't know if you're a big fan of his or not. I don't know how much you think that he can be effective in the NFL. I don't know if a guy can go away from the NFL for eight-plus seasons and return to the NFL and be, is it effective, be uh, uh, productive? We shall see. But this week in the National Football League, Tim Tebow returned to the NFL. Heisman Trophy winning Tim Tebow returned to the NFL. Now, I don't know how many fans here in Los Angeles or fans out there listening, all our listeners out there who like Tim Tebow, love Tim Tebow, would love to get your thoughts. Maybe on, on the West Coast, Tim Tebow doesn't truly ring a chord because obviously we have a ton of stars out here, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, hockey, soccer. Los Angeles... We don't really talk a lot of Tim Tebow. He's not as pulverizing, I think, in Los Angeles than maybe in other places. But Tim Tebow this week signed a contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars to play tight end, not quarterback. We remember when he was a quarterback, Florida, two-time national champion, drafted in the first round by the Denver Broncos, was the quarterback that, trust me, I played against Tim Tebow in the NFL. I always remember warming up. I was with the Buffalo Bills. We're playing against Denver. And I remember just how pulverizing a figure he was. Trust me, Tim Tebow, Tebow mania. Oh, it was real. It was real. Tim Tebow mania across the National Football League coming into the game. I went out for warm-ups, and it's hundreds of people clamoring to see Tim Tebow. And I'm like, wow. And then I saw him warming up, and I saw a couple of throws go in the dirt. And I'm like, is this what y'all came to see? Because <laughs> this dude can't throw the football. Now, that day we did win the football game, uh, beating Tim Tebow and the Denver Broncos. I kind of laughed about it. I said, man, if this is the quarterback that people think is going to take the Broncos somewhere, y'all must be <laughs> y'all must be tripping. Y'all, but something must be wrong. But you know what? That wasn't the case. Obviously, it didn't work out well for Tim Tebow in Denver. He gets traded over to the New York Jets. And pretty much... His career kind of ended, so we thought. He takes a hiatus, plays minor league baseball. He's also an analyst with me as well on the college football side of ESPN as well. But Tim Tebow signed a contract this week. And one Keyshawn Johnson this week had some comments about it. I want to hear here's a little Keyshawn on his take on Tim Tebow being signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's so many other players that have tried to play in the NFL within the last two seasons, let's use it. And here you at, at that position. Right. And here you are signing a guy, whether you keep him or not, you're still giving him an opportunity in the offseason to show you what he could or could not do. When there's other guys that are out there that have been cut by teams or not even picked up by teams. Right. There's guys that after the draft are still waiting to be signed by NFL teams just to get into camp and show if they belong. That were major college football players for their universities at that position. At age 33, Tim Tebow has been signed to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That, that's, that's tough for a lot of guys. And, and I echo what Keyshawn Johnson is saying. Myself, as an eight-year NFL veteran in the NFL, I know guys who've been trying to get that opportunity to get a shot. 
not necessarily after eight, nine seasons, but guys who who've played three or four years and, and didn't get get on with the right team and looking for the right opportunity or college free agents, guys who didn't get drafted or even guys who should have been drafted just want to get that opportunity. And so Tim Tebow at age 33, it's a position. He's not going to be Jason Witten and play uh, upwards until almost where he's 40 years old. He's not going to be one of the better tight ends in the NFL. This is a position that he didn't even want to play. He wanted to play quarterback where everyone told him, Tim, your skill set at the quarterback position does not work in the NFL. Switch to tight end, please. Tim Tebow didn't want to do that. He finally tried to do that, and it didn't work out the first time. So what makes it think it's going to work out the second time? 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. What's your thought? on Tim Tebow signing to the national to the Jacksonville Jaguars coming back to the NFL. Are you a Tebow fan? Well, I'll tell you this. You may be a a fan of the NFL, but yesterday the Tim Tebow jersey was released on Fanatics. So Fanatics, you know, the jersey company with assurance that you get assurance that Tim Tebow will play or he'll be on the roster or whatever it may be already selling out (laughs) number 85 for the Jaguars already selling out. Tim Tebow was a part of their offseason practice yesterday. And look, there's a lot that I feel like people either you're, you're for this or you're against this. Is this a circus? Is it not? And I think a guy who I trust and I love talking with Mike Tannenbaum, former general manager of the New York Jets, Mike Tannenbaum kind of talks about, the circus of Tim Tebow, the media circus, not the Tim Tebow, the person, but the circus that comes around him. Here's Mike Tannenbaum. I am sure that Trevor Lawrence's agents have called Jacksonville and said, what are you doing? You are taking away from the development of the most important person in the franchise, Trevor Lawrence. And you know how I know that, Greeny? I got the same call nine years ago <laughs> when we prayed for Tim Tebow. And Mark Sanchez's agents, rightfully so, by the way, said, what are you doing? And here's a a very realistic scenario, which is what happens if at the one-yard line, Tim Tebow scores on a quarterback sneak, and then on the next drive, Trevor Lawrence throws a pick six? I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be great, but he's a rookie quarterback. There is going to be a learning curve. You do not want a quarterback controversy. I don't expect one, but given the popularity of Tim Tebow, if he has any success and Trevor Lawrence has any sort of stumbles, which he will have, Jacksonville is putting them in a position unnecessarily to bring tension to that position where this should be about Trevor Lawrence's development. So I am sure there has been some calls from Trevor Lawrence's agent expressing their concern and disappointment. Concern and disappointment. That was Mike Tannenbaum on Get Up This Week. It's going to be a lot. And it's kind of coming back to me as well. Back in 2010, I was a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? And I remember our first game that season was against the Denver Broncos, the year that Tim Tebow was drafted. This is 2010. And I remember him again coming out for warm-ups and all that. And it was just, it was funny to see. And Tim Tebow is from Jacksonville, so he's from the area. But the amount of people that was there to see him in his Denver Broncos jersey, he didn't start the game. The quarterback that day was Kyle Orton. Played pretty well. We ended up beating them, though, my, my Jaguars that day. But everybody was there to see the backup back. It's always a problem when the backup quarterback 
is more popular than the first string quarterback. So that was the NFL. That's the hot topic this week of the National Football League. But I want to get back. I want to get to this uh, to the NFL schedule that was released. We didn't get a chance to talk to talk about it last week here on LA Gridiron Weekly. I want to talk about it this week. I can't wait to see what games that you're thinking about. What games are you circling? But also, there's a little primetime flair when it comes to L.A. and SoFi Stadium. We'll get to more of that coming up next here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison on 710 ESPN. L.A. Gridiron Weekly back here Saturday. Hope everybody's having a great Saturday. No traffic. Weather's great. Weather's beautiful. Being safe, all buckled up, ready to roll. Just a little programming note. Next week, we're going to get to a little college football. I know the Memorial Day weekend, we haven't talked a lot of college football, and we got to get into some exciting college football going on here. It'll be a full season next year, so get a chance to talk some UCLA, USC, see what's going on. I'm a big Pac-12 guy, even though I played in the Mountain West, a two-time Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year at San Diego State. So, I, I, But I'm a West Coast football guy, so I have a, a ton of friends who are – uh, you know, coaches uh, or went to USC, UCLA. So we're going to get into some college football talk. I hope you guys will enjoy that next week as well. But first, the NFL released its schedule All right, a couple days ago, a couple weeks back. Uh, I think it was May 12th to be exact. And the, the NFL schedule is always something that I think players look forward to. I know coaches look forward to. I know fans look forward to. Trust me, my dad, who's season ticket holder, longtime season ticket holder with the then Oakland Raiders, um, he couldn't wait for the schedule to come out because everyone wanted to know who do we play on Monday night or Sunday night. You want to know those marquee games. You want to know those games against the division opponents. Those are the big games that you want to know. And here in Los Angeles, the Rams schedule came out. And if you're a Rams fan, it's very similar to what you've been accustomed to. The Rams will play five <laughs> prime time games. That's a lot. That's the most that you can play in a season. Five. The Rams will play all five. Unbelievable uh, of where this team was before. Because I'm thinking about when they first came to L.A., you couldn't put the Rams on TV like that. It's just that they weren't that kind of team. They didn't really have the star power. And from 2016 to now the 2021 season, the Rams will play five, again, five games in prime time and for that'll be october 7th is the first one uh at the seattle seahawks that'll be one of those thursday night games that'll be uh broadcasted on fox then november 7th they got a sunday night football game against the tennessee titans how can i forget they lead the season off i got i stumbled over the season opener the season opener they're going to start on nbc sunday night football snf the Rams will take on the Chicago Bears Sunday night football, which we saw them last year inside of SoFi, the Bears and the Rams on Monday night football. This time we'll get it a Sunday night version in week one. Uh, then the Rams have uh, two more priests. I mean, two more primetime games at San Francisco. That'll be on November 15th in the final uh, primetime game. will be at ESPN Monday nighter in Arizona take on Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. So that is five primetime games for the Rams, but three of them will be right there at SoFi 
Stadium. That's pretty cool. So, so we're going to see SoFi uh, a lot this year <laughs> on a um, on the national scene, which is going to be pretty cool for the Rams. Uh, or actually, two at SoFi, three on the road. So they play. Think about this: the Rams will play three primetime games against their division opponents all on the road. So to be at Seattle, at Arizona. Okay, you got uh, at San Francisco. They just don't want the Rams to play at home versus division teams, right? Is that is that what it is? I don't know what it is, what the NFL has got going on, but definitely something that we uh, <laughs> we definitely have to talk to. I got to get to some more phone calls as well. Cause I know the phone calls have been lit, and I've been trying to get to them as well. And I'll get on to the Chargers schedule in a little bit. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN eight seven 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 one zero three seven seven six. You know what? I'm gonna go to uh, to Lou. Lou is out there. What's up, Lou? Hi, Kirk. This is Lou from Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Lou, how you doing? I'm a diehard Dodgers. Uh, I'm an ex Angelina. I've been here twenty some years. Uh, I've watched um, Tim from high school level, college yeah. level, and he's going to be doing a great service for the Jaguars. I mean, just to be a mentor with the new quarterback, the young guy. He's only twenty one, so. I think having on the team is going to bring a lot of people back to the seats. And I've heard already so many season ticket holders coming back to renewing. So I think it's going to be great. So Lou, my question is, is it great to see a guy who possibly may not even get into the game? He may not get into the team or it's just the, look, I, I lived in Jacksonville for a year. I know the love of Tim Tebow and the people there. He is sort of almost like a godlike figure out there. Is it more about just his presence on the team and actually seeing him? Or is it really, do fans think that he has an opportunity to really play? Uh, for me personally, I think yes. it's more of a, a spiritual uh, mm. thing. Um, yes. As far as uh, his age, I mean, how old is Brady? Brady can still have the moves. I mean, age is is just a number. I'm 55. I could be uh, CrossFitters any younger than me. So uh, the age, I, I think he'll show us on the field. <laughs> I appreciate the phone call, Lou. Thank you. That's Lou uh, joining LA Gridiron Weekly. Appreciate it. I, I think she made a point there. It, it It is a spiritual thing about it. Like Tim Tebow brings a lot of spirit to people. A lot of people, a lot of followers. He is not afraid to talk about his faith and that that brings a different element to it. People want to see him succeed for many reasons. One of them, obviously, because of his faith, but one because he's a guy who works his butt off. Like the, the, the Tim Tebow, the person, great dude. But I think also too in this situation at age thirty three, what are you expecting from the position that he wants to play? It's not quarterback. And I get loose saying, "Well, Tom Brady's forty three. Tom Brady will be forty four when the season starts, and he plays quarterback, right? Tom Brady plays a position where." He knows how to get a escape danger, right? He's kind of protected by his offensive line. And Tom Brady, when things are going good, he can have a game where he may not be hit. Now, there's also games where he can be touched. But for the most part, Tom Brady can find a way to, uh, to, to, to keep himself clean a little bit, man. Let's go back to the phone line before I get more into this schedule and get Keyshawn Johnson's thoughts as well. Uh, let's go to line one. Let's go to Mitch. What's up, Mitch? Hello? Hey, what's up, Mitch? How you doing? Hey, Kirk, I'm sorry. I love oh, talk yeah. uh, USC. Hello? Yeah, I hear you. What's going on? And, yeah, the USC, they got the great uh, wide receivers and they're for the backup call. Well, I'll talk about one of the, the L.A. teams so out of the three, the Rams. Yes. Got to love Cook, uh, 
Cooper Cup and uh, Robert Woods. But they, they also added wide receivers over the draft and uh, and free agents. What do you think? And thanks for taking my call. I'm trying to do two things at once, but they'll do one thing right. Hey, man, first thanks of all, glad, glad to have you on LA Gridiron Weekly, man. That's what you do. You can go to Trader Joe's, Whole Foods this morning. <laughs> Just keep your earpiece in, listen up, and I'll give you whatever you need, man. And also, you can tweet at me as well, and I'll read your tweets on air at Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram. Call in if you got a quick question. Ask the question and then get back to your shopping. If you're heading to the beach, you're heading to the mall, you're heading on a walk, you're on a hike, you're at Runyon, wherever you may be at here in Southern California and across the country as well, I am available to you during LA Gridiron Weekly, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. every Saturday. But to answer this question, look, the wide receiving group for the Los Angeles Rams, I think one of the deepest in the NFL. One of the deepest in the NFL, if not the best in the NFL. And I'm not being biased here. I am not being biased because when you think of Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, the addition, okay, the addition of Deshaun Jackson, and if you can get 50%, maybe 75% of what Deshaun Jackson has been in his career, that's a plus. He's not being asked to be a number one. He's asked to be a number three slash four receiver that he probably have 25, 30 catches this year, if that. He won't be a high-volume guy, but he'll be the big play guy, which the Rams have needed on this offense. All right, They didn't have that last year. They need that where they had it before with Brandon Cooks, previous before that, Sammy Watkins, who was here, and McVay's first year. So, yeah, you have that. Don't forget the the second-year player. I almost called him rookie. He's no longer a rookie. But Van Jefferson, he is also going to be in the mix. And then if that wasn't enough, they went out and drafted Tutu Atwell, wide receiver in the second round out of Louisville. So now that's five guys right there. And you still may have some other guys who may find a way to be, um, you know, fall fall in line in terms of being a, a, another uh, productive receiver in this group. So I'm looking around the NFL and I'm saying, who has a group like this? Not only do they have experience in the top, but they've got guys who have proven and made plays like Van Jefferson last year as a rookie who's going to be better, I think, in his second year than he was in his first year. Okay, Tutu Atwell is a speed burner. He's a guy that can do a lot for you. I think he's going to be a great in their special teams units. So, yeah, best special teams unit, I mean, sorry, best wide receiver unit in the NFL, hands down. If you if you think I'm lying, if you want to argue with me, go ahead. 877-710-ESPN. It's 877-710-3776. I want to get to Keyshawn Johnson really quickly because Keyshawn had some thoughts about the NFL schedule. He, here's Keyshawn Johnson this week about the NFL schedule. It's not a New York thing. It's a fan thing. Yeah. But it's also a player thing. Really? Oh, absolutely. We get the schedule. We look at the schedule. We go, yeah, we're going to rock him. He weak. Oh, yeah, that dude. Oh, yeah, we're going to fry him. Yeah, we can beat them. They got hmm. a good defensive line. We should win here, 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 here. Ah, it's tough. And a lot of players may not admit that, but I'm telling you, that happens on that sheet. Now it's 18 weeks instead of 17. So you guys really look at the schedule when it comes absolutely. out? Absolutely. And, and I don't know, circle dates, but oh, maybe absolutely. you do. Did you circle, circle the date, Jets, absolutely. when you first saw that the first time you were going to meet the Jets? Did you say, all right? Oh, yeah, that didn't turn out too well. <laughs> oh, man, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zoo, man, the morning show here on ESPN radio oh man I, I love listening to that because Keyshawn is is right he is spot on 
And in a little bit, I'll, I'll I'm gonna come back to that because I want to give you my thoughts on when Kirk Morrison, as a player, and even now as an analyst, when I saw the schedule, what are my thoughts? The first emotions, the first reactions I had to a schedule. I, I have it as a player perspective, but also as an analyst. And I'll give you that coming up in a little bit. But we keep mentioning the schedule, and I want you all. We got a treat for you coming up next. Charlotte Carey. She's the director of broadcasting for the National Football League. Okay, director, NFL director of broadcasting. She's going to give us a tutorial on how the schedule is made, what goes into it, why is Los Angeles so prominent here in the prime time games? A lot, of, all of that, all those questions that I had, Charlotte Carey is going to help us answer those. Coming up next here on LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. Welcome back in. Welcome back in, everyone. Yes, thank you so much for being here, LA Gridiron Weekly. And look, I love talking about football so much that I need to find ways and other avenues in which that we can learn more about the game. That's what LA Gridiron Weekly is about, is about educating you. And look, even as a former player, I like to educate myself as well and get all the information that is needed. And so I try to do a little digging this week. And digging, I did and found someone who is very influential in what goes on to the day-to-day side of the National Football League. And so my next guest, Charlotte Carey, she's the NFL Director of Broadcasting. And so many questions to ask Charlotte because I need answers. And Charlotte says she's kind enough to uh, help me out. Charlotte, first of all, thank you for joining me today. Um, I, I guess, first of all, how long have you been with the and how uh, would you describe your role within what you have to do each and every single day? Yeah, uh, well, first off, thanks for having me on, Kirk. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm excited to be here. Um, so I've been with the league, I think it's about seven or eight years now. Um, and I work in our broadcast department. Uh, and my job is largely, you know, <laughs> schedule related. I'm on the schedule team with uh, Howard Katz, the schedules are, and Mike North yes. and the whole group. Um, and we just came out with the schedule uh, a couple of days ago on the 12th. Um, and we're, we're pretty excited about what we put out this year. Um, but my day-to-day role is, is just, as I said, you know, it's honestly, it's a lot of in-season. We, we travel to a lot of games. We, you know, help out with the broadcasting side of things, make sure our partners have everything they need. Uh, and then the day after the Super Bowl, we love the schedule door room and we get started we hunker down for four months um and we hopefully come out with a product that everybody uh may not love but that they at least don't don't hate (laughs) so it's so take me back to like you mentioned after the super bowl how long does this process process actually take and what goes into this process I, i would have to think uh, knowing the different venues, maybe some conflicts with maybe other things going on in certain stadiums. Like how long is this process to finally get the schedule done and ready to go? Yeah. So uh, honestly, it's a bit of a, a long, grueling process. Uh, we we would take every minute, every hour that we're possibly given to get this thing done over a four month period. It's about four months. So we start really the day after Super Bowl. Um, and then, you know, uh, this year we came out with a little bit of date certainty a couple weeks after the draft. So the 12th was the day we knew we had a deadline. We knew we had to hit that deadline. And let me tell you, we were working right up to that deadline. Uh, I can tell you that uh, over the last weekend, we had to kind of get everything done before we presented the schedule to the commissioner and locked it in. We we were up at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, still going through contender schedules, trying to figure out what our best one was, what we were going to present to the commissioner in the next day. 
and we found our uh, our final leader, as we like to call it. Uh, our and 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 we're honestly we're really proud of it this year. I think we created a great schedule for the teams for TV and and overall. I I hope everybody else feels the same way. Well, we know Charlotte is very unique this season, 2021, because you guys weren't doing a schedule for 16 games over 17 weeks. It's 17 games now over 18 weeks. So Charlotte, what went, in, what, what went into doing the schedule this year? How did you guys kind of shape it up knowing that you did have a little extra time now because of the season being extended? Yeah, so this is um, this is interesting. So the the extra week definitely um, was something that we were looking forward to seeing how this would play out, both from a solve side and also just the overall schedule, what it would do. Um, the interesting thing here is on one hand, that extra week, those extra 16 games added to this infinite solve space as is, right? Right now, there are hundreds of trillions of possible finished player playable schedules. And now we're just adding a whole extra week to that. So the problem is getting a lot harder and the solution space is getting a lot bigger. But on the other side of the token, the way that these games are deployed is different from the original 256 games, uh, which is our normal 17 week season. So adding this additional week, these 16 games can be deployed in a different way where they don't originate in the CBS and Fox AFC or NFC packages that have constraints like primetime flex or you know what we can do with different takeaways and cross flex and otherwise so the the whole idea here is we can deploy these games as we see fit over the course of the schedule which gave us a lot of flexibility with games like green bay kc or others that were just great and really helped us out uh with making good sunday afternoon so i think that that piece of it while the problem got harder and the solution space got bigger overall i think it made a better schedule yeah, you're not lying about that one. This schedule looks amazing. We're joined now by NFL Director of Broadcasting, Charlotte Carey. And Carey, uh, I mean, Charlotte, I wanted to ask you this because I'm looking at the schedule in New York with both the Jets and the Giants. I didn't see any primetime games at MetLife Stadium, but here in Los Angeles, where a lot of our listeners here, SoFi Stadium will be featured five times in prime time. Was there anything that went into the schedule, you think, just because of last year, the opening of SoFi, not having the fans, and obviously Super Bowl 56 will be here in Los Angeles at SoFi. How much do you think the league wanted to kind of get everyone familiar with SoFi Stadium before we had our Super Bowl 56 coming up in February? Yeah, so I can tell you we're really excited about SoFi. I mean, the building is just incredible. So if you haven't been out yet, which fans really haven't at this point, I, it's definitely worth a trip and worth going. It's absolutely incredible. So obviously opening um, the, the season again this year, we, we tried to do our openers last year and did, but without fans in SoFi. So this year we wanted to go big in SoFi again with our with our openers. And also in Las Vegas, we wanted to make sure that, you know, all of the new stadiums that uh, didn't have fans last year were were featured in prominent windows um, in the beginning of this season. And, you know, you'll see on Sunday Night Football of Week 1, we have Chicago Rams, which will be a really fun game to open SoFi for the Rams with a full building, uh, hopefully. And then the same the, on Monday Night Week 1, we're going to Vegas for the same thing, Baltimore, <laughs> Vegas. And we're coming back to SoFi in Week 2 for the Chargers to give them their own national window, uh, their standalone 425 doubleheader, a big window there for them. Dallas is coming to town for the Chargers. So we're really excited about those three games um, and opening up the new buildings for each of the teams. 
Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of air miles, but actually you don't have to travel too far. So you can actually drive from L.A. to Vegas and then back to L.A. So you're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll come out and just make a make a little week of it. Director of broadcasting for the NFL, Charlotte Carey, joining L.A. Gridiron Weekly. And Charlotte, so I think now what's the toughest challenge in making the schedule? So many people look at it and they say it seems pretty easy You put numbers in. But no, I feel like it is difficult. How difficult or of a challenge it is making the schedule? Yeah. So if you think about it, this solution space, as I kind of alluded to earlier, is so large, it's essentially infinite. There are over a hundred, I think it's hundreds of trillions of possible finished schedules that we can find. But if you think about even each team schedule, there there are nearly a billion ways to lay out each particular team schedule. So it's, it's incredible to try to get through all of the, I, I mean, honestly, we we partner up, we're, we're really lucky to partner with AWS um, with cloud computing that's helped us enormously. I can't tell you, you know, honestly, it wasn't too long ago that we had six computers lined up side by side by side, and we thought we were so high tech having the six <laughs> computers work on different individual schedules and hoping to find maybe one overnight. And, and now we're at a point where we have, you know, thousands of computers um, working on this problem on any given night and we are we're coming up with hundreds of schedules a day and looking through hundreds of schedules a day is is really honestly it's a good problem to have but mm -hmm. it's a lot of analyzing on a daily basis so we're trying to get smarter and you know uh mike north always says you know it's a little bit like the i love lucy scene where you know you've got the chocolates coming down the conveyor belt and they're just starting to come faster and faster and faster <laughs> and trying to shove them in her pockets in her mouth and eat them and you know the boss comes out at the end and says wow you did a great job there we'll have them come faster next time and so it's it's definitely a good problem to have we're, we're getting more and more schedules we're seeing so many different iterations on a daily basis um and you know we generally send the five or six best that we find um to howard katz and ani bose and team uh in new york to to get eyes on and you know it's, it's a very iterative process so the way that our process generally works just to take a quick step back here is you know Mike Mike North will generally uh, babysit the computers, if you will, overnight. He'll write all the rules in. He and I will chat at around eleven o'clock each night, see what's running, see what's you know working so far, what's not, and maybe stop and start some solves. And then around you know four thirty-five a.m. when uh, I have a one-year-old daughter who's a great alarm clock, I can tell you that she generally <laughs> gets me up. I try to put her back to bed, then come down and start uh, start analyzing schedules. And so we start around honestly five a.m. every day for these four months and we look through everything that we get. We put eyes on all of these schedules that we get overnight and uh, send what we think are the five or six best around to the team um, and essentially then figure out what we like about them, what we don't like about them. You know, this game, we really like it there, but maybe it's better in week six than week four or, hey, we really don't like that stretch for the Chargers. Let's try to fix that. So there are different things that we look for in each particular schedule and we learn something new in every single schedule. So, you know, all 80,000 that we, you know, that we actually got this year and we, we learned every, we learn something from every single one of those schedules that we apply to the next night solve. There's a couple more minutes here with Charlotte Carey. She's the head of the NFL broadcast or head of director of NFL broadcasting. And look, I know one thing just nationally, uh, we have this fascination with the NFL draft, Charlotte, right? Uh, yeah. All these young quarterbacks, the rookie quarterbacks, and now that they're drafted, they're going to their respective teams. How does that also play a role in some of these schedules? Because you mentioned Chargers. I mean, so you mentioned Rams and Bears in week one. 
And a lot of people are like, well, are we getting Andy Dalton or Justin Fields versus Matthew Stafford? But what what does go into some of these new faces that people want to see within the league? Yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting question, and if you could tell me which one of them was going to start, that would actually really help our schedule <laughs> process. But um, I, I bet. you know, um, but all kidding aside, I mean, you know, it, it's it was an exciting draft this year. I mean, it was a pretty interesting draft class, a lot of quarterbacks, and um, so I think that it'll be exciting to see over the next few years how these players really impact the schedule overall. Um, but you know, I think that it's it. It it's a it's a tricky balance because you know Trevor Lawrence is really exciting. Everyone is so excited. He's been one of the you know the, the most anticipated players to come into the league in a while, um, and we we feel the same way. And we we put them in a national window in week four against Cincinnati, and that'll be a pretty fun game. This year's number one pick versus last year's number one pick in prime time on NFL Network, and you know so it's it's definitely. Um, I was asked recently, you know, why no more prime time for Jacksonville in another interview and you know they do have another national game they are going to london and will be at 9 30 and we're really excited to see how they do down the stretch we're really excited to see them play their way into prime time and that's one of the fun things about our schedule is we do have flex scheduling later in the season so if we feel the need to make moves later in the season we're able to so that's one of the things we're excited about is uh see some of these young guys come and see what they can do with their teams and uh, hopefully play their way into prime Charlotte, you said it best right there. And I don't think fans listen or hear that enough. You have to play your way into prime time. It's not like, oh, we're we're the Jets. We should always be on. No, play your way into prime time. The NFL will reward you. We see that here in Los Angeles with the Rams having their five games in prime time. We see the Chargers having three games in prime time. And so that, that leads me into my last question for you, Charlotte. And thank you for your time today. You've been so great. Um, but I've kind of read that so many of these uh, games in SoFi, the five primetime games, will be sort of used as a tester for the Super Bowl in terms of how the lighting or how the broadcasting feeds, all that. So how will the NFL go about SoFi Stadium and getting ready and gearing up for what will be its first Super Bowl in Los Angeles in a very, very long time? Yeah. See, look, it's it's a it's a new building, as we all know. So we're excited to you know learn the quirks a little bit more and everything else. But I think that particularly for NBC, who will be you know the broadcaster for Super Bowl, it'll be great for them to have a couple of opportunities to get in to SoFi and you know and do a couple of Sunday night games there um, and really understand how the building works and otherwise. And you know, I'm sure that they'll do a little bit of testing over the course of those games and get more comfortable with you know what they want to do around Super Bowl and everything else. But um, I just, you know, I think that that's definitely part of it. I wouldn't say that's the reason that we're putting all those primetime no, games right. in SoFi. I, I think uh-huh. that it's a fun building and we've got two fun teams that are playing there. But um, but yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure that NBC will be playing around with a couple of things and trying to get ready for Super Bowl. Well, I'll tell you this, Charlotte. I got smarter today. I learned a lot today about how the NFL makes a schedule. And look, first of all, and again, Happy belated Mother's Day to you as well. Thank you. And um, definitely thank you for all the information and your time today. We appreciate it and uh, hope to catch up with you soon here again on LA Gridiron Weekly. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thank you, Charlotte. That's the NFL Director of Broadcasting, Charlotte Carey. More LA Gridiron Weekly coming up next. At Kirk Morrison on Twitter. Man, special thanks again to Charlotte Carey, the Director of Broadcasting for the NFL. She was fantastic. Gave me, uh, I tell you, like I told her, I got smarter today, learning just how the schedule was made, what goes into it. Obviously, SoFi 
they're kind of giving SoFi a redo, basically. Kind of what, what she didn't want to say it, but I, I'm summing it up. She wants to give SoFi, Allegiant Stadium as well in Las Vegas, a redo. These brand new stadiums that didn't get a chance to have full capacity last year, be able to show them off. So the NFL kind of giving uh, a redo when it comes to that schedule. So if you have not, if you missed that interview with Charlotte Carey, make sure you go to uh, our Twitter page, our show's uh, page, ESPN Los Angeles. Click on the podcast section. L.A. Gridiron Weekly is now a podcast for everybody out there. So hopefully you uh, get a chance to go back and listen to that one. That was fantastic. And just about, what, about eight, nine minutes away, Chargers first round pick Rashawn Slater. That's right. First round pick pick number 13 of this past NFL draft. He's coming on L.A. Gridiron Weekly. Got a lot of questions for Rashawn, but he's the uh, the first round pick. So a lot of uh, pressure, possibly expectations for the guy who's supposed to block and be the blindside protector for one Justin Herbert. So I can't wait to get uh, to talk with Rashawn coming up in about uh, eight, nine minutes here. But just getting back to the schedule just a little bit, I mentioned the Rams and their five games uh, on prime time, and I look at the Chargers schedule as well. Chargers got five games in, in, in or sorry, three games in prime time. They got the Raiders that they'll be playing in, on prime time, which will be October 4th, that 515 on Monday Night Football, ESPN. That's going to be a fun one. Then again, SoFi Stadium again. They'll play against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then again, SoFi Stadium on December 16th, uh, a Sunday night football. or I'm sorry, a Thursday night football on Fox. That's December 16th. That Steelers games is actually a Sunday night. That's November 21st. So the Chargers, all their primetime games will be at SoFi. They've got three of them all at home. Rams, they've got two at home. So that makes five. And I looked at the Raiders. They've got, I believe, three primetime games at Allegiant. So think about that. Between these three teams, Rams, Chargers, Raiders, that's eight games in primetime. The NFL season is only 18 weeks this year. So we're talking about almost 50%, almost 50%, almost half of the NFL season will feature SoFi in Allegiant Stadium. <laughs> That's going to be fun. I can't wait. I'm just getting goosebumps just thinking about that. Ooh, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Again, at Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram. We're just talking about the NFL schedule. What, what game did you circle? What game did you circle on the schedule that you cannot wait to see? Whether it's the Rams, Chargers, Raiders, your team, whoever they, we had Lou call in earlier. She's a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. She talked about the Jaguars. Whoever is your team, that's what Los Angeles is. It's a big melting pot of people from all over. So you don't have to be a fan of just the team here. It's a fan of just the NFL. And there's a tons of games. And I know we're going to talk to Rashawn Slater coming up a little bit, the Chargers' first-round pick. But after Rashawn, I want to get to a lot of your phone calls. I want to get a lot to hear what you have to say about the schedule, what you're looking forward to. And also, too, my my sneaky good game. I'm holding off on that a little bit. But I know we got a little bit of time here before we get to Rashawn. I do not want to miss his phone call. I got to make sure we get him. But I had a couple things here. Just when, As a former player and an analyst, I talked about it a little bit earlier. When it comes to the NFL schedule, this is what I think about. As a former player, or I could say when I was an active player, my eight years in the NFL, when they would say, hey, Kirk, here's the schedule. I say, okay, they gave me the schedule. 
And when I saw the schedule, I wanted to know these things. Number one, where did we start? Where? Where did we start? Where and who? Actually, I should say that. Who and where do we start? Who are we going to play against? I want to know who we're playing against. And where are we playing at? Are we at home or are we away? That's what I wanted to know. Who we got first and where are we going to be playing at? Then second, I want to know who do we have last and where are we at home or are we away? So those are the two things I want to know early on, right out. Where are we starting? Who are we starting against? Where are we finishing? Who are we finishing against? The next thing after that, I wanted to know, right? I, I, I had to know, okay? When is our bye week? I had to know. When is the bye week? Do we have a beginning bye? Do we have a late bye? Short bye? Is it the beginning of the season? Because I needed to know in terms of how I wanted to go about the rigors of the NFL year. How I want to treat my body in terms of what are we doing for my chiropractor, my massage, healing, all of that. I mean, hyperbaric chambers is for me. I need to know mentally, right, what you're going to do. So that was one thing I always had to do when the, when the uh, schedule came out. The next thing I wanted to know when the schedule came out, where am I at for the holidays? Yes, I wanted to know because that's a major distraction for a lot of NFL players. I know fans don't want to hear that. Oh, you don't distract. You just play football. No, because a lot of family, friends, you know, people are really big on the holidays. So you want to know where you're going to be at for Thanksgiving, Christmas. And this year we know for sure the NFL will be playing through the new year where sometimes you had seasons that would stop before the new year. Some would happen after the new year. But we know for sure with the extending of the season to 18 games, the NFL will be having New Year's. Okay, so now you want to know where you're playing. Are you playing at home? Are you playing on the road? Where am I going to be at for the new year or the holidays? Also, too, I wanted to know when are my prime time games, right? When are my prime time games? Let me know. Are we on Monday night, Sunday night? Because you have to put that into per in, into your mind, to your focus, because you may be working on some short weeks. Sometimes you may have some weeks in which you won't have a full recovery. Think about it. You play a Monday night game on the road, and then you have to play right back, turn around and play on a Sunday. Well, because if you're flying back late Monday, that means Monday's gone. So you really have Tuesday through Saturday to prepare because Sunday you got to roll. So you want to know when are those weeks because you may have to do a little bit extra the week prior on those games. So you got to know those primetime games. And then finally, one of the things I really wanted to know, and this is coming from a California guy, Born and raised in California. So you know the weather that we have. It's beautiful a lot of the times. Can't complain. But I always want to know where am I going to be at in December? Where am I playing at in December? And now we can say where I'm going to be at in December, early January. Where am I going to be at? I'm not trying to be in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I'm not trying to be in Pittsburgh, New York, Buffalo, Baltimore, which the Rams actually have to travel to Baltimore. Yes, they have to be in Baltimore January 2nd to be exact. So not only they'll be spending the new year in Baltimore, they'll be playing in Baltimore uh, January 2nd at 125. I wanted to know where am I going to be at in December? Do I need to bundle up or just telling our fellas, hey, we're going to have a cold December. We got to get out in front of these things. It's going to be difficult. We got to really give it a, what we can take sure we, we, we can't let any games go by early in the season because it's going to be difficult down the stretch if we're going to be playing a lot on the road, 
outdoors because we know the seasons do change. So that's a little bit of the behind the scenes of what me as a football player and analyst, what I always wanted to know when the schedule came out, that's the particulars for what I needed to know. I needed to know those things. Let me know what you think, though. Let me know what you think about the schedule. Let me know what you think about your team schedule and what is the game you are circling for 2021. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, at Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram. But we take a break. When we come right back, Chargers, first-round pick, Rashawn Slater, joining LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN.